good morning. Yeah, good morning. It's good to see you guys. How how is everything going? We're doing fine. I'm doing fine. I don't know about Joel, but I'm doing fine. Yeah, things are going well. Yeah, it's Monday Monday morning, and it was great to have Wells Kobosh with us in service yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah, did he? I'm um, glad she could come. That's great. Yeah, it was good to have Abby and, and Wells with us. And uh, you guys look like you're doing well today. So what's our topic today, Paul? What are we talking about? Well, it's it's on second G, right? Give or giving. Um, and I appreciate that Joel mentioned the fact that he gave generously <laughs> with Wells uh, coming into the world. So uh, that, that was that was kind of nice. And I, I was thinking that maybe uh, it, that the Bible talks about, especially in Second Corinthians, give generously, reap richly. That's right. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I think that's that might sum up the passage, right? Yeah, I agree. Certainly. Sounds good. Um, and that's that's what we're talking about. We um, you made reference to our second G, and we've we've developed four words um, that begin with the letter G that kind of capture for us how we go about making and developing disciples, gather group, give, go, gather for worship, group for discipleship, give, support the mission of our church, and then go as everyday disciples. So uh, we talk about giving. Joel, um, why is giving so important? You know, why is it important that we give financially to support the mission of the church? Yeah, well, I think it's a a discipline, a, a Christian discipline that God has given to us. And it's also a means of which God provides for his church. So he wants us to take an active role in in being a part of the church and, and giving is one way we do that. By and, and it's also a, God has given us. And so it's a way we give back to him and offer that our lives to him and our, our devotion to him. Right, and we do it with with a, a joy and with thankfulness, right? Because we're grateful to God for what He's done for us. Absolutely. Yeah, and and I think too, um, you talk about the gratefulness. I mean, th- there's nothing that I can give that God hasn't first given to me. I, I can't. Th- there's nothing right. I can put in. I can never put anything in an offering bucket. I can never give something through our church app that God didn't first of all provide me with. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it is certainly, hey, God, thank you for what you provide me with. And so we're taking a part of that and hopefully a generous part of that. And we're, we're, we're giving it into God's church to support the mission of making and maturing disciples. And giving regularly reminds us regularly that God gave us all we have and that we are grateful for what he gave us. So the giving regularly is an important part of the discipline, right, Joel? Yeah, definitely. If, if, if you don't give regularly, then it, it doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Well, because I, you'd have to make a significant contribution. And, and then also, I think it's just, it's one and done. And we, I don't think we see anything in our Christian life that is one and done. All right, we did. We can check that off our list. We gave. No, it's a it's a continual work. And yeah, so it's part of our character, right? It's just right. like being generous to our kids. We don't stop. We don't give once to our kids, and then that's it. Right. It's 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 a, it's a lifestyle. You know, you don't you don't tell your wife I love you, and then never say it again, and be like, well, I told you 
13 years ago, I loved you. Why do I say it again? I mean, it's like you, you continue to love your wife. You continue to serve your spouse. You continue to serve your family. Prayer is ongoing, right? Paul talks about pray continually. First Thessalonians 517. We gather regularly with God's people for worship. We don't just show up one Sunday and say, okay, I'm good to go. We continue to gather and we, we continue to give and we continue to serve and we continue to share the gospel. So it's, it's, it's our lifestyle. It's our, it's, it's who we are. It's our character. Yeah. And I think the other principle in, in, uh, in new Testament or what we would say Christian giving, as opposed to old Testament and what Israel was commanded to do is that you do, you do according to what God did for you, according to the portion he gives us. Right. And, but as we give, the promise is that God will continue to provide for us, and He'll help us do even more uh, giving. I think that's, that's kind of an interesting principle. That the more you give, the more God helps us out. Some people call it you can't outgive God. Uh, and and Jesus talks about casting your bread upon the waters, and I'll come back to you. And and it's it's like you know it's it's, it's a prince it's a it's a principle of life. This giving back to God is. It's a principle that you give, the more you give, the more God helps you, helps you uh, reap richly. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think we tend, when it comes to money, we tend to th- see that as our, our own possession to, to do with. That we need that money to take care of ourselves. And I've heard it said that God, God can take care of us on a little, a lot more than we can take care of ourselves on a lot. And I think we tend to forget that sometimes with our money. We think this is our job to take, to handle our money. But no, God gives us what we have, and He can take care of. He takes care of us. Yeah, and 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 when we give, and and a budget is tight, which you know what budget isn't tight, and there's things that we aren't going to get be able to get right away because we gave. If we give generously, that means there's something we're not going to have right away. Um, but Jesus talks about not being anxious. And he, when he talks about not being anxious, he talks about not being anxious what you eat or drink. So that's what you just talked about, Joel, is what he says. is that If God can take care of the sparrow and the lily of the field, why can't he take care of us? Well, the answer is, of course he could take care of us, right? That's the purpose of Jesus bringing it up. Yeah, I mean, in the same way that you know, I, I'm dependent upon God for... The, the breaths that I'm taking right now, you know, I'm, I'm dependent upon God for my heart to continue to function the way it's supposed to function and keeping blood flowing through my body. I mean, it's like every moment we are being sustained by God and our bodies are functioning the way God intended them to function. And so, you know, this idea that, you know, that, that we can somehow provide ourselves with security or, that we somehow, you know, don't need God is, is, is a myth. And so, you know, it just, it, it's foolish to think, oh, well, if I just hold on to these, these funds, if I just hoard them, then somehow I'm providing myself with greater security. I mean, certainly we need to be wise and, and God gives us wisdom and, 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 you know, we, we need to wisely manage the resources he gives to us, but, but investing in the eternal makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, and and we're not told to sell everything and give to the poor. That was one person that Jesus said that to, right? But we're not told that we have to get rid of everything in order to follow Jesus. 
but we are encouraged to do it do it very generously right to give generously out of out of out of a joyful heart which which then makes it a lifestyle and the, re- the reason i say you know I think people like to go, oh, well, I can't sell everything and give to the poor because I won't have anything to live on. Well, that's absolutely true. But I don't think God commands that at all. No, I mean, there was the, the rich young ruler that Jesus said that to, and um, that particular individual was, I mean, his his money, his possessions, his things were were the barrier to him following Jesus. And so... He had to let go of that. But you're right. I mean, not every single follower of Jesus is told to just relinquish everything, let go of everything um, like that. But in reality, I mean, ultimately, everything should be yielded to God, right? All of our stuff, all of our money is ultimately under the authority of God. Right. And because I'm 73, I've had a little more experience than some than you guys, even though you've probably been doing it all your life as well. But I've been in multiple campaigns where, um, you know, I was encouraged to give till it hurt, which meant you give sacrificially. They would use the word sacrificially, and um, and so I would give I would give more than I than my tithe. I would give above and beyond the tithe, which is what we encourage people to do um, when they can, and you know. I could add up the amount of dollars and I can think of everything I could buy with it. But on the other hand, I can add up the dollars that I have still. And I realize God has provided for me above and beyond what I ever thought I would be able to have at 73. I mean, I, I didn't think I'd have enough money to live on right now. And I do. And, I, and I'm thankful for that. And I thank God every night for that. Every day, I thank him for, for what he provides for me. So I, I, I've come to to truly believe that God will provide and he provides even more for us the more generous we are yeah i would agree i think i've even i've it's been cool to see that even in my own young life from (laughs) younger and and still ongoing it seems like i've seen the lord continue to take care of me when i have like you say given sacrificially above and beyond what i thought i could do and you're like you 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 do you begin to think well i don't know (laughs) The budget is tight, so I don't know if I should be doing this. But if you just step out in faith, you do that. And then you see that the Lord does take care of you, whether it be through a, a raise at work or just somebody deciding they wanted to give a gift. or And that's not always how it works, but things like that, you, you see the Lord do things like that to take care of you. and Or it could it could even be something that you usually buy go, goes on sale at the store or something. And so... Well, for 34 bucks for 17 bucks, right, Joel? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like the Bibles are trying to buy for church, right? <laughs> yeah. The, those Bibles that we were ordering, they're they're back up now. <laughs> so it's good we got. Oh yeah, did you did you get them ordered? Yeah. I got 8 of them. We need we still need one more, so I looked at them again and they're back up to 32, so. Well, I guess better to buy one at 32 than nine yeah. at 32, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. that's that's kind of the principle that God provides a sale here and there, as you just said, right. and all of a sudden the money goes further. Um, you, you, you know, when when you when you invest, no, nobody knows how to invest. At least I'm. Whoever I had somebody say to me, being rich is not a matter of intellect or or or, uh, 
or how wise you are, it has to matter to do with, with just the fortune of God for, smiling on you. So there are a lot of dumb rich people out there. <laughs> and, and, and there's a lot of smart poor people. Um, it was a point he was making. And, and so, so, you know, when you, when you invest, you don't know where it's going to go. Are you going to lose all your money or, or is it going, are you going to have some after 10 years? And, and I just think that, that God, that's how God rewards us. We just go along life and all of a sudden things happen and they go well. Uh, if you're a farmer, your crops do well. If you, if you're working, you, you get a raise, as you said, um, God will provide. And I, that's my encouragement as people are listening to this. I want, I would hope that they would be able to relax and not think of it as a sacrifice where they're cutting their throats and bleeding their lifeblood, but they are trying to, they're doing, trying to do something that's maybe a little hard to do. Or could, could be considered to be a sacrifice if, if you'd like, if you'd like giving to your kids as a sacrifice, but do it and see what God will do. Put, put your, put your faith and see if God will reward what he, what he does. That's, that's my encouragement to people. I've done that, and I think it works for, for everybody I've talked to that's done that. Well, I think, too, I mean, really what what really should motivate us is if we really believe the gospel, like if we truly believe that Jesus is the only Savior, he died for us, he was raised from the dead. If we believe the gospel message, We've been saved, and, and we understand it's our responsibility as saved persons to go out and share the gospel with others, then, I mean, that's a huge motivator. I mean, that, that, that's what should motivate us to say, yeah, you know what? This is worth me not just pouring my life energy into and not just giving of my time to serve in the church, which certainly we should be doing all of those things. That's part of giving. But it's like, hey, I'm going to put my money behind it. I'm going to fund it because I believe it. It's right. it's, it's the greatest news in the world. It's it's the it's the it's the greatest mission. And so I'm going to put money into it because I want to see to it that this mission is funded. You know, through our church at First NSB, or you know, if you're a part of another church, you give through your local church to see that the mission is funded through your church. Right. And and so you mentioned the fact of giving of our time, and that's part of the the uh, second G, right? It's it is giving of our time. Sometimes time is more valuable than money. Uh, you know, in our lives we can get very very busy, and we we have a hard time carving out time to serve God uh, in this church. And we need people to help us, right? We the three of us can't do the work ourselves, can we? No. No, in fact, if you think about all the people that serve our church on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, and at various times through our Good News Clubs or Community Hot Meal or other things we have going on, if we were to attach a value, like, I don't know, minimum wage or something, if we were to just add up all of the volunteer hours and we were to calculate, I mean, the cost would be huge when you think about how much like if you could put a, a financial value on all of the volunteer hours that the people in our church give. And so it's huge. It, you're right. I mean, it, it's not just money. It's also time and, and people being present and people helping and people serving, you know, whether it's on the greeting team or in children's ministry or youth ministry or in the cafe or 
as a small group leader or hosting a small group, there's, there's, it's, it's not just financial, it's also time and using our spiritual giftedness. Right. And again, that can be very rewarding. That, that, that can, that has, that has a, a, a richness and a bountifulness to it that, that comes when you see people, of uh, uh, getting the benefit of your time and energy and maybe your counsel and maybe, uh, uh, you know, if a kid smiles at you and, and, and wants to come, uh, you know, runs to you when he comes into, to, uh, to, uh, to his class or to, into, uh, into the baby's room, uh, that makes it, makes it all worthwhile for those who are giving their time. That's what I was going to say. There's a lot of, there's a lot, just as when we give, there's joy that comes from giving. There's certainly joy that comes from giving our time as well. And, and I think part of that is because when you are volunteering, you're giving your time to people and people are an internal investment because people are forever. And so a relationship, our, right? Right. And, yeah. and so, as opposed to maybe spending our time working on our car or our boat or, different things. Not that those are wrong things, but sometimes those are what we choose to do over volunteering our time and investing in people. And we, or, when or we, on social we, media, you know, or right. Or, yeah. Whatever it may be. Yeah. But yeah. when we, when we actually take the time to invest in people and volunteering or doing different things, then we, we, we see that the reward oftentimes is greater than what we could have been spending our time with. I think. Well, we had, a, a, I had one of our, one of our children's ministry volunteers yesterday told me after after service that um, there was a child in, in our children's ministry and and the, the volunteer had said something about I don't I think she might have asked if, if this child had a Bible or something and the response was what's a Bible right. and it was like an opera I mean and and now we we take that for granted because it's like I mean we know what a Bible is and we've, we've known what a Bible is for a long time. And yet as a volunteer working in children's ministry, you're going to have children who they've never seen a Bible. They don't have a Bible. And, and you're going to get a question sometimes where it's like, well, what's a Bible? You know? And I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's cool because I mean, every one of us, I mean, we didn't always know the story of David and Goliath. Right? We, we weren't born knowing that story. We weren't born knowing the story of Daniel in the lion's den. We weren't born knowing the story of Jesus dying on a cross. We had to be taught these truths. And in the same way, as a church, we're able to pass on these truths to the next generation. And it's really rewarding. Paul, you talked about the reward. I mean, as a children's ministry worker, when you're sharing with a child for the first time about Hey, here's what the Bible is, or here's the story of David and Goliath, or here's the story of about Jesus dying on a cross and being raised from the dead. I mean, that's that's incredibly rewarding, uh, especially when you see children responding with faith and grasping these eternal truths. Being grateful for God, you see the city kids uh, pray uh, with sincerity and fervor that they're grateful to God for what's happened in their lives. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. My grandkids are doing it. That's why I'm so happy they're coming to church. Yeah. I listen to them and I say, wow, you know, it's been a good influence. Yeah, Much probably. better than they could get some somewhere else. <laughs> sure. I think you also enjoy 
there's there's enjoyment in doing it together with other people. If you're the only one serving, sometimes it can be kind of like you feel like, man. But if the, if everybody comes together and you're doing it as a group, there's a lot more excitement that comes from it. Wow, this is exciting. We're all working together and doing these things. So, yeah. And as pastors, we got to be careful. We we tend to think we can do it better than anybody else. We we, we might think we had more seminary than anybody else, uh, more training. Um, and so we want to do it all ourselves because who can do it better? And that's a totally wrong thing for us to do. We got to keep trying to find people to do things. And if they need training, they need training. If they don't do it quite so well, that's fine. It's 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 we we've got to be able to to let go, essentially give away ministry, right? Mm-hmm. To let people do ministry. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, I mean, Ephesians four, right? God gave. The, these apostles, these prophets, these pastors, teachers, evangelists, for what purpose? To to train the saints, which is all the believers, to do the work of ministry. And so, yeah, it's it's. I mean, yes, we're we're to do ministry, but it's not it's not us alone. It's it's all believers are to be engaged in ministering and building up the body of Christ. Right. Now, we have. Uh... We've talked a little bit uh, about the fact that not only do we as, as a church budget need to f- pay the lights and the AC and pay staff salaries and and, uh, and other costs associated with ministry, but we're also looking forward to some future stuff, right? Including the about 10,000 uh, families or homes that are being going to, families are going to move into homes uh, around Pioneer Trail and, and 95, right? And maybe we'll need... We, first, we'd like to have them come to our church, but s- secondly, we n- realize that they might not want to come to uh, for a 15, 20-minute drive uh, when everything's done with traffic and everything, and they might want to ha- come to something closer to them, so that would be the uh, satellite church, right? Yeah, it's something we've talked about, and, and we are seeing that it, it seems like a, definitely more common to see churches that are multi-site or multi-campus um, and so, yeah, that's something we've we've discussed with the with the growth around us, and how do we expand our gospel influence? How do we reach more people? How do we reach more families? And so, yes, if we if we decide to pursue that, then there, it requires not just financial backing, but it also requires personnel, people to serve and to be present and be a part of what's going on. Now, Joel, what what would you think that multi-site church would look like? Uh, well, it'd probably be it would we since it would be a a a site of what we are, it would be an expression of what we're already doing on a obviously on a smaller scale to begin with. But the intent would be that we would be doing we we what we're doing is we think is right, and so we get to take that model and. Move right. it somewhere else and continue to grow that. So, so basic we'll need, an expansion of what we're we're doing here. Right, and we, and then to do that, we need to take people who are working with us now and and let them go over there. Right, let them go to that, and we wouldn't have to, we won't have to raise enough money to buy land and build a church. Right, we just need to rent a place because there's plenty there's plenty of uh, malls going up. There'll be there'll be a, a storefront or something we can rent, but that'll take money. 
And then, of course, we we need to have you know we need to have uh, at least one staff person there, and uh, so it, it it will we need to save up some money for that. That's the bottom line, right, Pastor Luke? Certainly. I mean, I mean, we we couldn't just say, hey, we're going to do this tomorrow. Yeah, we got to have we got to have funding for it, and that's you know one of the things that we're trying to do as far as I mean, not specifically for that because that's not even something that we publicly really kind of talked about to much extent. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we, we need to see an increase in our, in our giving and, you know, we need to continue to cultivate that discipline in our church. Right. And, and any money we, that goes into our future fund, which is what goes in our future fund is above and beyond what our budget is. Right. So when we exceed our budget, uh, then that money goes, you know, in other words, we exceed what we spend, not we exceed our budget. When we exceed what we spend uh, during the year, then that money goes into what we call the future fund. That not only pays for something like the multi-site, but it also pays for air conditioning that's going to go out or or the roof that still needs to be fixed over the gym, things like that, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the, the way we fund the future fund is at the end of the calendar year, However much money we have in our operating account over $50,000, that that overage would then be transferred into our future fund. So it's not something we do on a monthly basis. It's, it's something we do at the conclusion of the year. However much money is over the 50000 in the operating account when the year's closed out, that's what goes into future fund. And, and you're right. It's used for things like you know, if there's an AC unit that needs to be replaced, if there's a roof issue that needs to be addressed, if we decide to launch a, another campus, you know, west of us, um, if, if there's something else that, that were to come up. And, and certainly, I mean, you think about a multi-site campus. So an air conditioning is, I don't want to say it's a one-time cost, but it's a one-time cost until you have to replace it, right? Because you, right. you, you spend the money, which we recently did. We recently replaced our 30 ton air conditioning unit um which and that is, was forty thousand dollars right uh, i think it was in the 50 range i think i think it was 50 but i it, i'm not sure exactly what the number was but so that's a significant cost now that's not a cost we're going to have every year but at some point down the road we'll have to replace it again but the thing about a multi-site campus is really you're looking at something that's going to be an annual cost so so the future fund could be perhaps used for like the startup, but then you'd have to start budgeting for it in your operating budget because it's ongoing expense. And so whatever that figure is, whether it's a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars to operate that campus, that would have to be something that goes into your operating budget. So you'd have to have giving that can sustain that. Right. So what are the immediate what would you say the immediate the things that you think about and, and, and pray about and hope that it happens immediately, like in the next three months, Master Luke, what do you pray about? I'll the give you a minute, minute to think about it. I'll, I'll tell you what I pray about. Yeah. I'm concerned that, that the, we're, the giving is going to dip like it has done the last three or four years, has done every year I've been here for nine years uh, in the summer. I'm concerned because if it dips, then we're going to go below budget. I'm concerned that... Um, that people are are losing a little bit of heart, and and I would like to see them be more, more excited about working. And 
and, and that, that might be, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people, even yesterday I was talking to, that are excited about working. So that's, it's not like everybody, but I'd like, I'd like to see a, a you know, a, a real jump on that. So that's kind of where I am. I don't know where you are. What, 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 what about you, Pastor Luke? Well, I mean, from, I mean, if I just follow that same track that you're on, my hope is that, that we're going to see giving follow a different trend line because our people will hopefully be getting this week their their giving statement from the first quarter of this year and i wrote a letter to go with that and i talk about in the letter the fact that this is this is the time of year where you know we see giving start to decline and so i'm hoping that that trend that we have seen for the last several years that that we're going to defy that trend that hopefully giving will be more sustained um Part of it, I think, is that we have a higher attendance. I think with higher attendance, we, we do see more giving. I think that makes sense. And so with, the, with, with attendance kind of dipping as we get into the summer months, uh, giving can dip as well. So hopefully, hopefully that won't happen, but you know, only time will tell, and, and we're trying to address that. So, yeah. Uh, what about yeah. you, Joel? What, what are you concerned about? Uh, I don't deal with it as much, so the concerns probably aren't as uh, I f- at forefront of my mind, I guess you could say. But I, I mean, I think I just, just as a as a leader in the church, you want you want, expect to see growth and expansion and be able to do more. Yeah, and and just maintain what you're you're doing. So, well, but you need help. You need help with the children and youth, don't you? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, you need volunteers to show up and be on time, and right, yeah, yeah. You need more of that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. A lot more, right? Yeah, I mean, because the more leaders you have, the more uh, relationships can that can be built, and the more discipleship happens. So, and, and the fact, and you don't, you don't, uh, you don't have, have gaps in in your service uh, on when, when it comes Sunday morning or Wednesday night, right? Right. Exactly. And the more the more people you have, the less uh, the less of because sometimes working with uh, students is not always the easiest, and so uh, there's there's a lot more burnout, I guess you could say. So the more the more volunteers you have, the more you lessen that that burden. Right, and so people can take time off, and that's important for right. people to be able to take time off too. Right? right, we can't we can't expect people to keep chugging along, working really hard at night, and and maybe volunteering, you know, a few, you know, 10, 20 hours a week and not give them, if they don't get time off, they don't want to come back again. So right. we, we got to have more people so we can do that easily. Right. Yeah, I think one of the things that have, and I don't have hard data in front of me, but one thing that I think we've seen so far in this, in this year is that our, our average attendance, I think, significantly is, is a fair word is significantly over the same time frame last year. I think you're, you're talking about like what ten percent or so, right? Um, yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I I don't know. Um, it might even be higher, more than ten percent. I mean, I, okay. I don't like I said I don't have the hard data in front of me. And and our goal, we did have a goal for this year that we would see ten percent growth in worship. I think year to date, and again, I don't have the data right in front of me, but I think year to date, I think we're definitely on pace for that. I think we're actually ahead of, of, of ahead 
on that. Again, summer is going to be very interesting to see what happens over these next three, four months, you know, where we did see the attendance dip. We did see the giving dip. So, you know, it's not that I don't expect it to dip, but hopefully it doesn't dip as much as it dipped last year. Right. I think that's what we, you know, hopefully we'll see. We'll see a greater, less of a dip and and, and we'll see hopefully some sustained you know, a growth in, in attendance. So, I mean, I'm hopeful that this summer we'll see some strong numbers in worship attendance in next generation ministry. Um, hopefully we'll continue to see guests and we'll retain guests and we'll get new people involved in serving and in small groups. I and mean, that's another thing we, we've, we've got a goal to start five new small groups. And uh, right now we're looking at, I think we've started two new groups. Um, one of them, uh, my group has been going for a little while actually not my group. Um, there was a group that came out of my group on the beach side that's doing well. And, um, there's another group that started that I don't know if they've had, I don't think they've had their first meeting, but, um, they've got one, I think coming up this week, I think. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping we'll continue to see group start and attendance increase and yeah. be good things. So whoever's listening to the podcast with us, uh, we can encourage them to pray for all of this, right? Yes, and uh, we thank we're thankful for God for what He has given us, but also ask Him to, to to work on His ministry. This is His ministry, right? This is God's ministry. This is not our ministry. This is His harvest. He's just sending us out as workers, so He'll provide for us. We just have to keep trusting Him and praying about it, and He'll show each one of us what we need to do. Will He not? Certainly, yeah. absolutely. He is uh, He is sovereign, and He He guides us. And we just need to trust him and, and follow his leadership. Okay. Well, uh, shall we conclude it now? Yes, sir. I think right. this concludes our podcast. Thank you guys for your time. Thanks for joining us today.